The Danger Junior Cheeseball Hour is sponsored by Glenn's Loose Dairy Products. Packaging is overrated and an unnecessary cost for consumers, and Glenn's here to make sure all the loose cheese he's got in his house and truck gets straight to your door with minimal cost and minimal hairs on the outside of it. Wheels, balls, mystery bags. Glenn has all kinds of cheese and assorted dairy products. We'll hear more from them later in the show. Hi. Blake, are you smoking a cigarette in the in the, studio. In the writer's room? All right. Welcome to the Danger yeah. Junior Writer's Room. I know you read a European article today, but I don't know. Now, this is for the listeners. You can't see me, but I look like an artist. I'm wearing uh, sunglasses. You look They're Italian sunglasses. for sure. I'm smoking a cigarette. Uh, I'm sweaty. I stink. I and I'm wearing confirm. a beanie as well. Yeah. Mm. Blake's really living up the studio here today. Welcome to the Danger Junior Writers Room. We're the, the show. Room. We're the yeah. show. We're the show. We're that. We're. You gonna you gonna keep doing that, Logan? <laughs> <laughs> we're the show. Oh my god! It's just a madhouse. We gave Jimmy a sample board. Blake with all this energy. Blake's been drinking iced coffee and shots. He's been doing in between mm-hmm. shots, mm-hmm. just iced coffee. Oh my god! Oh, just shots of Jim Bean, right, Blake? Jim Bean, yeah, that's right. That's Jim Bean. Street. All right, we're the show where we talk a bit, James write some Bean. sketches, then do some cold reads, talk about these first drafts. It's a lot of writing, a little bit of comedy, somewhere in between. Uh, I'm going to introduce everyone else around the room by asking the question, hot or not? Logan. Uh, my name is Logan. Hot, next. Blake Brown. Uh, my name is Blake. Uh, hi, I'm Blake Brown, and my name... And- <laughs> <laughs> my name <laughs> is uh my name's Blake Brown and uh not not we got one hot one not Jimmy um what's the question hot or not or cold hot or not or not oh it's my turn yeah yeah we, we, I'm gonna go hot <laughs> We got two hot, one not. Megan. Uh, hi, yeah, I'm Megan, uh, and I say hot. Three for hot, one for not. I'm going to go not because we all know that, rest in peace, Sean Connery, but his dead body is not hot. Three ah, three against two. That's a full house. <laughs> yeah, full Austin, house. Austin, have you ever played? Um, we didn't play test this at all. Uh, I, no. I've seen it on shelves. Yeah, it's a card game, and they have cards where it'll be like presents, yes or no, and you have to say yes or no. And if you get it wrong, then you're out of the game. And sometimes the presents are cake, and sometimes the presents are snakes, and you know you don't know until you give your answer. And this is what that reminded the me of: the Danger Junior proximity effect. Brought to you by advertisement. Capitalism. I think you're saying my questions are presents and they are gifts that you should, you should all should cherish. The Amen. Danger mm-hmm. Junior Cake or Snake Room. Mm-hmm. The Danger Junior Snake My Cake Room. All right. Well, now uh, we're going to get to the part of the show where we get some little inspiration. We tell some stories. Megan, you have a surprise question for us I have a surprise question, boys. Here's the. Can you give me a here's the deal? I can give you uh, one of these. Here's the deal! 
Thanks. Here's Perfect. the deal, Jimmy. boys. <laughs> That's genuine joy. Is- That's real joy. <laughs> like, I'm just happy that I have to hit the right key, dude. Yeah. I, was, I was a little nervous. Um, I feel like I always ask questions that lead us to talk about our youth. And while I love learning more about you boys, mm-hmm. I, I, I want a, a, a story that's a little bit more present. Mm-hmm. So I want you guys to tell your favorite story of the person sitting on your right. Okay. So like I would I would tell my favorite story about Jimmy. Okay. Jimmy would tell his favorite story about Blake, mm-hmm. etc. Right? I'm drawing a blank. I just want... <laughs> last. I go last. Yeah. I just want some... I can go first. That's fine. Because um, I knew what the question was. Okay. I want some... I want Blake some Logan sentimental shit. Oh. Logan can tell a story about me. You can tell a story about anyone. Let's just say that. Anyone at no, the table? No, I like that. Because I, I already thought of one. Well, you can still do Blake. I don't want to now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am still going to tell hey, a story Jimmy, about Hey, Jimmy, can I get a fuck you on uh, the okay. sample? Percent. Thousand percent. That's good enough. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, so my favorite story. I, I am going to tell one. I'm going to tell one about Jimmy. Uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, a few weeks ago, it was Jimmy's 29th birthday, and wrong. Well, mm, okay. Yeah, I know you're right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Jimmy's birthday, and um, so Jimmy and the group of friends that is in this room came over to our house and no one else. Um, hashtag. Except for like 40 other people. Rona. Yeah, we had 40 people here and no one wears masks. And we cough all over each other. Checkmate liberals. Genitals. Hey, we're in Texas, people. I think that's real. Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't joke about these things. Um, I don't even care if they think it's real. So we got very drunk. All of us got very drunk. And Jimmy was like, we're playing charades. And we were all like, um, yeah, okay. And Jimmy was like, no, we're playing charades. Mm-hmm. And so it was Jimmy's turn. And I don't remember what he was supposed to be acting out. But he just kind of looked like a fish trying to get into a wheelchair. He like held his arms next to his legs and was like, uh, uh convulsing I think a little that's just bit every time jimmy plays charades yeah that's just jimmy <laughs> playing charades and he kept like backing up and then like gesturing like he was trying to sit it's sort of a defense mechanism mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a crawfish and he just he was so drunk he just kept doing it over and over and it made me laugh really hard and jimmy is adorable um and it was really funny sorry wrong one thousand percent yeah Got it. Um, <laughs> anyway, there's a video of it. Maybe I'll post it on the Danger Junior. That's a really great visual story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That'll wow, that was, I was that's the worst that. story I think I've ever told. Yeah. It has a special place in my heart, okay? It's hard to tell it out loud, mm-hmm. but I I love Jimmy, and I feel sentimental when I think about that story. Well, that's very sweet. Bitch. I really <laughs> 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 well, okay. <laughs> that's very sweet. Um And I wish my story, my next story, or my story was about you because I would like to say something nice in turn. You don't have to. But I'm not going to. I know you. Jimmy, I think you're my best friend and I I know I'm not yours and that's okay. Thousand percent. Okay. Blake. uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, This is the first time, I think this was our first hang, like mano y mano hang. And 
I came to your apartment and you you just had your pants off and I was weird. But the, not our true. second, That's not true. hey, <laughs> that was your first hang. If you catch our my first, drift, but, hey. but, yeah. but <laughs> we went our first legitimate hang. Um, that I remember is us going to Barb's. Do you remember that? Uh, I do remember going. To and Barb's. then we were like me and you. Uh, I met. I met you there, and we were just kind of hanging. Like I think we were like brand new friends, so we were kind of filling each other out. Uh, and then so we got a couple of drinks. And we're just kind of chilling. And explain then, and the then, explain what Barbarella's is. Barbarella's We've talked about Barbarella's before. Yeah, yeah but, if you don't, but like there's some listeners. In yeah, and also we're trying to we're trying to get um, endorsed by Barbarella. Yes. So let's just Barbarella. if anyone from Barbarella is listening, a quick a, a quick thirty seconds of positive affirmation for Barbarella, please. Jimmy, what you got? It was about 30 seconds, right? Yeah, that was yeah, really sure good. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but yeah, anyways, so we get a couple drinks. We're kind of like, oh, well, you know, what's this situation? Or at least that's what I'm thinking, you know. I'm having I'm having fun. And then Blake just sort of slowly, like we're kind of easing to the dance floor. And <laughs> just kind of like crabbing our way over there as we're like kind of, you know, having these drinks or whatever. And then eventually we're just both on the dance floor. And we're just getting it. Mm-hmm. And it was just really you fun. You just went just the two of you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like just two dudes. Going to the club. And then we went to, like, we were on the dance floor. And I don't think a lot of people were there. Like, people were there, but, yeah. like, it was, like, spacious. It was pretty it was, barren. Like, we were just kind of, like, I don't know, acting goofy. And I well, I think that was we really got there dope. pretty early, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we got there at, like, 1 p.m. Yeah, it was, like, 1 p.m. They were so, like, what are you were doing open? here? We're yeah. not even open yet. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And I was like, look. And you were like, you're going to let us dance? We're like, Barbarella sent us. Yeah, yeah, that's James one of Honda. my. That's one of my favorite stories of Blake, just because it's like a cool first hangout with yeah. a, with a bud. Yep, I took him to a club. We danced. <laughs> two two guys, two guys two in relationships dudes. going to a yep. club together. You probably weren't with Danny at the time, were you? Um, or were you? Oof. I actually don't remember. Maybe not. Honestly, it was like when you first started at because when I first started. At the tavern, I was trying to win her back. That was that was mm-hmm. around September, yeah. I believe. I want to hear that story. I'm asking that story next week. Uh, yeah, that's a whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, um, <laughs> Should we come back to you, Blake? No. You well, see, my issue is, I think, I think <laughs> all my favorite me. memory with Logan mm-hmm. was, um, what was the question? Your <laughs> favorite story... <laughs> Of the person on your right. Mm. All right. And that is Logan mm. for the listener. <laughs> um, see, my hesitation is I think I've already used this story. Are you talking about the time we killed those guys? Shut up. No. Okay. Don't. So that's <laughs> my bad. Uh, for the listener, it was, we can't explain it. It's, uh, we were driving home um, and somebody, a police officer pulled us over mm. and he said, Y'all finna party and and we said said? yeah for sure and little did he know Mm -hmm. two dead bodies in the trunk (gasps) don't tell him uh the real story too yeah he's like y'all finna party Mm because I'm trying to go too Mm -hmm. and uh, party with the police officer um no that's not that's not a real story uh my my favorite memory my favorite story with Logan is probably. And it sucks because I've used this before. I've. Mm-hmm. It's, That's okay. It's, it's going to get old. People are going to say, "I've heard this story we before." We just have to make new memories. And quite frankly, guy. I'm not impressed. We have to make new memories, my man. Uh, 
Well, for me, like it was just an am- amazing time at, at Stubbs seeing King Giz. Yeah, you know the the that, conversation. If, that would be my went story like, with you. So, ah, yeah. but but I'm on your left, so it's fine. Um, so we went to see King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard at Stubbs, mm-hmm. and uh, it was kind of like a spur of the moment thing. I, I remember it was like, "Hey, you like King Giz? I, still bring I like ticket. King Giz. Brittany's not going. Let's go." So we went to go see King Giz. Mm-hmm. We got T-shirts. Mm. We put those T-shirts on. I'm wearing mine right now. No, you're not. For the listener, he's not. I'm wearing it in my heart. And uh, we just uh, we just got down and dirty in that mosh pit and got a little crazy, got a little sweaty, got a little dirty. You know what I mean? And uh, and then um, we're just drenched and just <laughs> disgusting, just soaked in sweat. Not even ours. Head Everybody else's. It was bad, um, but uh, we Who swung by. Hmm? Who was more wet? I was shirtless by the end of the concert. Logan, for sure, I was shirtless by the end of the concert. We were both just soaked, just yeah. sopped, absolutely, just drenched. Yeah, in other people's sweat. But um, we, we, I was getting, I was pulling rocks out of my Converse for like a year. Yeah, uh, we swung by uh, the bar. Our place of business and uh, stole some Gatorades from the back. Borrowed some Gatorades from from the back. <laughs> you gave the them walk-in. back. Oh yeah. Yeah. We just needed to. Yeah, know, we gave them back electrolytes. Yeah, that's it. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a good night. Well, so something I think you know is interesting because like you know we're all great friends here. You know we're all just fucking best mm-hmm. friends in the whole world that mm-hmm. have ever been. But also we all met. And didn't really start all of us hanging out until like January. Yeah. And so then, you know what happened in February? Couldn't see each other anymore. That's not true. It was March 15th. Yeah, it was March 15th. That's right, because my birthday is the 16th. And that, that was like the last time I had a party. Anyways, anyways, I do actually have a story about Austin. So don't worry, don't worry Austin. Mm-hmm. I do have a story. Okay. Which is, and, you don't, and, and if this was going to be yours, like mine for Blake would be that one. It's you don't, fine. Don't worry, you don't have to tell the story. Because okay. Megan, so you're right. I will which correct is, you if you are wrong. Uh, Austin and I are working on a film. We're working on a feature film. And we needed a bunch of stuff and we needed locations. And so we decided that we were going to drive out to west of here to Enchanted Rock State Park. We also drove to a, I think the same day we went to the Army Surplus store. Or yeah, yeah, surplus yeah. Store. I was yeah. going to say, like, you, that, that would yeah. we would now be on two repeat stories. I'm pretty yeah. sure from the same episode. <laughs> yeah, we went to the Surplus <laughs> store. But then we went to Enchanted Rock, which is a wonderful place in Austin. No, sorry, not Austin. In Texas, in West Texas. Or it's in Texas somewhere. West, West, West of Austin. It's, it's west the start of, of West Texas. Yeah. It looks like West um, Australia. Yeah, it does. It looks a lot like West Australia. And uh, we went out to uh, Enchanted Rock and had a wonderful time. And I took a bunch of funny fi- pictures and videos of him. And it was raining. So we had the park to ourselves. And the woman who was running the park that day kind of reminded me of Frances McDormand. Chan. And she was very cute, and she gave us a map and told us where we could go, and that was really fun. But the best part of the story was when we left, we he was like, "Do you want to go to this brewery? I've never been here before, and it's a brewery of like a place that is like they they, they like sell beer around here." Well, I didn't want to say their name because I'm about to make them sound like Nazis. Oh, okay. so ooh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna blur it. Yeah, we're gonna blur it. Austin, Austin, if you're listening, yeah. cut it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we. Out, look, we'll keep all of this in, and we're just going to blur the name that Austin said so that you guys all know. You'll it. never know. But You'll what, literally what, never here's know. The thing is, 
He was like, you want to go to this place that's in the area? So we go to this place, and it is a literal German, like, European castle. Those are my people. I, I hope they aren't. Um, it's a full-ass castle. I'm very German. Megan. She's even... She's <laughs> Megan. Got, for the listeners, she's got a middle part. And I've got a middle part now. Oh, so my God. I'm becoming more and more German every day. She's practically Germanic. Yeah. Hey, Austin said hot or not, and Megan said not. Z. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> she actually said hot. Can I get a, can I get a self-destruct in the chat? Yeah. <laughs> so we go to this place. It's like a German-ass castle, and we go in. I mean, Austin and I look like yuppies. Um, and we ordered beer at the front and the guy like was not used to people needing a menu because it's all just like skinheads wearing leather jackets and or dudes in real tree getup that are 900 years old. And you guessed it. Not a lot of people of color. <laughs> you guessed it. Danger. <laughs> um, and it's like, it's like so racist. Like, look. I don't I don't want to get this brewery in trouble. I'm sure they're a fine upstanding establishment that caters exclusively to white people with bald heads. I'm sure that there's nothing nefarious about that. But it was like such a white establishment that like Austin and I came in and everyone's looking at us like they can smell that we have people of color friends. Like For the listeners, can you see how big my eyes are getting <laughs> listening to this? This isn't the end of the story. This isn't the end of the story. I know, but I feel I feel the tension. You're Austin doing a good job of setting the tension. Austin and I both buy beers. We sit down, and a guy walks up to us, and he was like, y'all ain't from around these parts, are you? And Austin puts his beer down on his table, and he was like, what do you mean by that? And the guy was like, I'm just saying, y'all seem like y'all be cozied up with the type of people that I don't fancy myself spending time around. Did he say and, that? And he was oh, like, wow. and, and Austin was like, are you, just, are you trying to tell me that you don't like people of color? And he was like, well, that's not what I was saying, but I might as well say it now. <laughs> and, and I looked at Austin, I looked at Austin and we looked at each other like, are we going to do this? Real. And then... And then he had the song, the guitar solo from Freebird, queued up on his phone already. And he got up from the table. He uh, stone cold Steve Austin, the first guy, put the other guy in an arm bar, and I punched his wrist and broke it. And then we beat we beat everyone there in a fight. It was mostly Austin doing yep. a lot of the footwork. Uh, you didn't okay. And well, you give yourself. He had nunchucks on him. I don't know where they Lock are. and load, brother. Lock and load, brother. And we killed everyone in that bar, and we burned it down. So if I feel you... like uh, Austin is like a capoeira, like, you know, style okay. fighter. You know what I mean? Logan yeah. had a big yeah. embellishment. Like he's like, Those yeah. nunchucks were my ankle set. They were not yeah. my full nunchuck set. Okay. okay. I used them on one guy. I'm sorry. I yeah. hyperbolized. Look, I didn't... I Like, it was really cool, but it wasn't, like, that big. We only burned down half of it. Okay. Okay. Well, you can have the story your way. I just, want, I just want to be truthful, Logan. But it is a great story. That's a great time. That's a hey, great thanks. bonding experience. You're, you're actually kind of an American hero, and you are also a, a hero to people everywhere. I can't fucking believe you, of Logan. Of all creeds, colors, and religions. I cannot fucking believe you. You can't fucking believe that I, I would stand fucking, up to oppression to its face? I can't fucking you believe You can't believe that, that I would look this. racism in its eyes and say, you're going to hell, bitch, and then punch it straight in the face yeah. so hard after that his Blake, eyebrows fell Blake off? After said all those nice things about you and what a good time he had spending with his buddy, and you want to go and you just want to say that, 
Sometimes violence is fun. Am I right? I don't understand the problem that you have with this story. No, it's completely oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> Austin, you can go ahead. Right, Austin, tell your story. I mean, yeah, okay. So I, I did have a pleasant idea of Megan in my head until just now. She thought what I did wasn't cool. Literally stood up Damn. for racism. Okay, but Megan, if you want to stay true to the German race, I yeah. guess. Um, my favorite, I guess... So it was, I guess, story and memory kind of bleed into one another. But I think mm-hmm. one of my favorite shared memories that we've been on was when we took that trip to Tennessee. Yeah. And I saw y'all do the Danger Junior. Uh, so we went up to Tennessee and Logan and Megan were doing a Danger Junior show there. It was the Leather Daddies one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sold out. Jimmy was there too. Me and Jimmy were watching the show. Gang shit. Oh, man. But Megan's character, I don't remember his name, but he was the redneck guy who just... Didn't know improv, but he wanted to put something in someone. Yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you his name either. It was very like NASCAR name. Yeah. Nas- yeah. Like what I, if you had to guess? Like maybe Clyde something. Clyde something? It was something like that. It yeah, wasn't a real name. That, Blake? Clyde it wasn't something? a real yeah, name. Yeah, I'm on it. But just the whole Tennessee trip because we the, the trip there was fun and the trip back was like kind of long and exhausting. And But you, you drove the whole way back from Tennessee to Atlanta. Sure did. Because we had to fly out of Atlanta back to back to Austin. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got that shitty little rental car. Mm-hmm. And that house we stayed in, Jones's house. Jones's house. We had that like brief two hour rest, afternoon rest, where mm-hmm. we all read and like there's music playing. It was very yeah. pleasant. Was it uh, Mike the, mm-hmm. that was playing music? Michael, yeah. Michael's yeah, 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 yeah. Mike, who? Um, I, I don't know what else roommate. to say about that Tennessee oh, trip. Cool. That was a great trip, man. It was a that whole, whole weekend. weekend. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it was a great time. We Let's do it again together. next week. Yeah, I would love to. Live yeah. if you're at in Third the Coast Comedy Club, Danger Junior presents a show live. Hello, Fall. I like that. <laughs> we could do that. Let's just stop by Walmart and get like an air mattress or two. If, yeah. If yeah, you're in the one. Tennessee area, um, we need to stay at your house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. All right. <laughs> yeah, just anyone in Tennessee, let us stay at your house, all five of us. Well, that was all five stories slash memories of each other. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. We're gonna go do some writing and then come back with some coherent sketches, hopefully. Bye. We'd like to interrupt the. No, I'm not gonna do the voice. I like, <laughs> I like that voice. You want to do, you want to do yeah, the voice? I like that voice. All right. We'd like to interrupt your listening to remind you the Danger Junior Cheese Ball Hour is brought to you by Glenn's Loose Dairy Products. We were just down at Glenn's old place by the river, and he's got cheese all over the place. His floor is littered with products, dairy products. He's going to give you a good price. All you got to do is put in the promo code Danger Junior Cheese Ball. Danger Junior Cheese Ball at GlennComeGetYourCheese.com forward slash Danger Junior Cheese Ball. Use promo code Fermentation. So we have two promo codes. The first one is a code that if you... The first cheese ball is a code that if you uncrack it, if you're the special lucky listener that cracks the code, you will get extra cheese. That sounds like a great discount, Logan. But what kind of products does Glenn have just laying about? He's got Brie. Mmm. Limburger. Mmm, that's so nice. He's got some room temperature sharp cheddar. Ooh, that's my favorite kind of sharp cheddar. Most of it was brewed at, or, or pa- was cheesed at Tillamook, Tillamook, the place that makes cheese. 
And Glenn bought all of that, mm-hmm. and he now has it at his house. Yeah. It is all room temperature. Some of it is melting, mm. and you can buy it. Yeah, you know, but Tillamook puts a lot of packaging, and that gets in the way. Right. Between you and the cheese. Between you and the cheese. Glenn cuts out the middleman, all right? Mm-hmm. It's not packaged. He just hands it to you, all right? And then you have cheese, bam, done. Glenn doesn't wash his hands. Glenn doesn't the say the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. Glenn Well, serves... he has his own sovereign nation, so he doesn't have to. Glenn is the boss of Glenn. Damn straight. If you crack the code cheeseball and go to glenngivemeyourcheese.com and use forward slash danger junior cheeseball... You're going to get a lot of cheese. All right, welcome back to the Danger Junior Writers Room. We wrote some sketches while you were listening to that sweet ad break. And and, and that was the, all the time we had. We wrote our sketches in that amount of time. As long as it's three minutes. Yes, and that ad, uh, definitely not for an hour. All right, but first we're going to go into Mr. Logan Baggerly's okay. sketch. You're up first. Woo! We're going to do my sketch. I'm going to tell you who you're playing. Austin. Yes. You are going to play the character Peytony. Okay. It is pronounced like that, Peytony. Okay. It's like Peyton-y. Anthony, but Peyton Peyton-y. is in okay. one white name. Mm-hmm. Megan, you are going to play the character Corey. Jimmy, you're going to play the character Boomer. Oh, yes. And Blake, you are going to play the character Lavar. Lavar. Okay. Cool. Uh, all of you are beautiful, and that's all you need to know about what characters you are. You're all also uh, cis hetero um, males. Cool. Got it. Okay. You hear that Megan. I mean, I guess oh, I, I can try that. Yeah. Engage deep voice. Engage deep voice. <laughs> yeah. So you know, engage mansplaining. Hey, when when uh, sorry, real quick. Yeah, you got it. You yeah. Got it. Can we get a woman in the uh, chat? Can we women? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Can can we hear uh, your best? Um, we got to get a sample for this Bob Cole proximity effect. I feel like I say that enough. I'm surprised you don't have a sample. You want my best? I have a sample for it. You, you want my best Great. Bob Cole proximity effect? Yeah, I mean, really take advantage of that. Sorry, that's all I had to say. Um, you know, when we get, I don't to even it. know Anyways, how we go does ahead. it. I don't know. It's down. Anyways, it's, yeah, no, do, it's do, too no, good no, do a good one. Do a good it's one. It's too good of a microphone. Bob Cole proximity effect. Did it, did it pick it up? I couldn't hear. It did. Okay, good. But we could get one more. Okay. It's the Bob, Bob Cole, Cole proximity, proximity effect. effect. Wow. How'd I do? I was like panning. Okay. All right, let's start it. Hold on. I'm texting a friend. <laughs> Abort. <laughs> <laughs> and I also don't have my sketch pulled. <laughs> Danger. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. All right. This... Cougar blood. This is cougar blood. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Four very handsome people, Corey, Peytony, Lavar, and Boomer, walk through a dark forest at night. They're almost problematically sexually attractive. I want you to picture four people so hot that if you shared a workspace with them, you would be forced to enter a Me Too scenario where you're behaving entirely against your will in an aggressive, overtly sexual manner. Even the most virtuous of us wouldn't be able to uphold their pleasant demeanor or pleasant even the most virtuous of us wouldn't be able to uphold their pleasant and platonic demeanor. It's also cold, and the wind is still. There's a new moon, so the only light in the woods is emanating from Boomer's flashlight. Hey, wait, stop. 
Do you see that? See? There's something moving over there, just on the other side of that brush. Maybe is Rebecca. I don't know. It doesn't look like the female form, and I would know. I'm pretty familiar with that. It's different. Where are you pointing? Right there. There's a line of brush just behind those Douglas fir trees. Something is really moving in there. You guys really can't see all that vigorous movement? Uh, I'm, I'm just too handsome. Can't see anything. Can you, LeVar? Yeah, no. Too handsome here, too. I can't see anything. I'm surprised you can, Peytony. I mean, I'm pretty handsome. I have lots of sex. And whatever it is, it's definitely hard to make out. But, like, it's moving a lot. There's definitely something over there. It looks like a big cat or something. I guess that settles it. Settles what? Come on, Peyton. It's pretty obvious what this settles. If it were obvious, Corey, I would know what the fuck you were talking about. What What does this settle? He looks around to the others, but there's no reassurance to What be does it settle, LeVar? You're the ugliest one. What? That makes no fucking sense at all, Lol. LeVar, you were in Star Trek. That's neckbeard virgin nerd city. Just for that alone, you're easily the ugliest one. <sighs> Being in Star Trek doesn't make you ugly, Peytony. Bro, if you were hotter than us, or even on the same level, you wouldn't be able to see anything at all. If you were really hot, you'd just be floundering around blind. Here, look. How many fingers am I holding up? He holds up three fingers. Three. That's exactly right. Now check this out. Corey. He turns to Corey and doesn't even change how many fingers he's holding up. How many fingers am I holding up? Uh, I, I don't know. Probably seven. You see, he's blind. Okay, that doesn't... There's a beat. As Peyton is stunned and confused. Is this just a prank? I mean, he's easily an eight and a half, right? He starts to think he isn't seeing anything at all. Maybe it's just cataracts on his beautiful eyes. Maybe it's... No. It can't. Guys. Hey, sorry, buddy. We don't make the rules. We're just three hot blind guys. The three of them. (laughs) The three of them shrug as a cougar with the word pedophile shaved into its fur pounces from the bush Peyton he was just pointing at and eats all of them in one gulp. And it's easy for him to do that because they're all minors. You hear me, right? Miners, and not like 17 going on 18 Drake bait kind of miners, but like real standby me hours. So I guess that makes you a pedophile chief because you spent this whole time thinking about how hot these boys were all alone in the woods. Maybe the cougar was you the whole time. And I know what you're thinking, but Logan, at the beginning of the sketch, you characterized these four as very handsome people. And to that, I just want to say, some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> the camera zooms out. A storybook closes on top of a golden pedestal, and we fade to black. Roll credits. I, re- I really like that reference to the movie... Uh, uh, fuck, it's a Chris Nolan movie? The Dark Knights. No. Dark Knights. Uh, that man, the Dark Knights. <laughs> it's the Dark, Dark Knights. Knights. Right. just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> Was it that? Yep. What was it? Was it Tenet? Nope. Memento. Was it? it was Memento, yes, the, the very right. first Christopher Nolan film. Where, no, it's the magic one with Michael Caine. 
Oh, the Ooh, the prestige. Ooh, the dark knight. No, it was the dark knight. So Isn't what you're telling me no, is that oh, that's from the Dark Knight because he's like yeah that Chris Nolan film that's the one like, I said come on shut up so all of these boys were Michael Caine yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were oh they Michael sure were Caine. handsome then <laughs> yeah that was my whole sketch I wrote that in probably seven minutes I really like I that tell. I really like that yeah. I guess we're getting arrested now <laughs> yeah. Because you were all thinking about it. I could yeah. see you all licking your lips. It's Listeners shame, are really. pranked. Shops were, you were drooling. A lot of people are going to go to jail. Danger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, every last one of you. If you listen to that sketch, you're going to fucking prison. Danger. And, and you know what they have in prison? Go ahead, tell them, Jimmy. Penis people that use... <laughs> oh, the, no, no, no. The, the, no, no. the button. Gunshots and our theme music. <laughs> <laughs> Faded black, roll credits. Let's go. All right. All right. Um, Logan, uh, that's a great joke on the audience. Gotcha. That was a hell of a prank there. Gotcha. Good prank. Gotcha Dang, again. Dude, I kind of feel, feel kind of gross. Maybe if they were more hot and sexual. Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. you know, it's honestly on us and in our characterization. So because I'm 100% straight mm-hmm. and and super secure in my you know mm-hmm. sexuality mm-hmm. you said handsome people and i'm like these are women <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. does not compute <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yeah um i don't grown 35 year old women with with even a couple gray hairs i'll be honest yeah. mm. i don't get why they're blind. I don't get you it. You don't get that? That, I thought, was the bit. Because it's three blind mice. It's because yeah, you don't get that? Love is blind. It's because hot people can't see. They can't see yeah. anything. They're so well, blind. I thought it would be like hot people just, they don't, they can't count. Yeah, they can't see. Hot people, yeah. they're just blind. You guys didn't know that? Well, I do have a pretty high glasses yeah. subscription, so I guess it makes me pretty yeah. cute. The yeah. hotter cute. you are, the worse your eyesight. I'm having a lot of issues seeing because these are uh, very dark sunglasses that I'm wearing right now. So For the listener, I'll, I'm wearing very dark sunglasses. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why that is a thing in this sketch, Megan. Okay. Which is that I, I was like, I don't have anything this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna start writing, and so I That's just what started. You yeah, I mean, so that's I just what I started did. just writing about uh, four boys that are, or four, four men, I'll say, and originally they were men. They're all very attractive. And he says, what's that over there? And then I got to that one line. I was like, I can't see. I'm too hot. And then I was like, that's the thing. Hot people are blind. Mm-hmm. And the less hot you are, the better you can see. And I this think- is actually LeVar from Star Trek. That's mm-hmm. LeVar Burton, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, think it, it's starting to make sense. Corey Feldman? No. Oh, okay. No, those the rest of them are not actors at all. It's just you, you made Burton. a Stand by Me reference, so I was like, oh, okay. I got and really he excited. He was in that movie. I mm. thought I was gonna be uh, Corey from Corey in the House. That's what I. <laughs> I was really excited, and it did not go that way. Hey, Megan, Corey's in the house. I thought you. Were, I might have something for you next week. Hell Ooh. yeah, buddy. Hell right yeah, Corey right in the house. Down. Right I'm saying is, down. I'm saying is, get your impression ready. All right, I'll work on it. Oh. All right, let's move on to Mr. Blake Brown. All right. Alrighty then. Uh, I wrote a sketch. It's called, well, I'll tell you in a second. First, I'll tell you who's playing what. Uh, Megan, you're playing Steve. I wrote Steve is a girl. girl. Because Steve is a girl. Got it. Yeah. I just decided that. I that can do out. that. Uh, uh, Logan, you're playing Jake. Jake is Steve's buddy. Um, Austin, you're playing Clyde. You'll find out about Clyde. And Jimmy, you are the barkeep. 
God. So whip up your best barkeep there, friendo. Be hey, thinking yo. about it. Hey, hey, yo. Hey, hey, yo. It's a Got pretty it. it's a pretty important part, so <laughs> really, it. really, really don't mess this up. Please. Nailed it. God. Third try. All right. Here we go. This is Speakeasy Adventure number three. What's my inspiration? Fuck. What? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Blind hot person. Uh, Got it. Okay. Uh, What's the name? You're, of it? you're, oh. Okay. No, I'll just, I'll just tell you. <laughs> so <laughs> here's the deal. Here's, here's the deal. Uh, Logan, you're playing Jake. Jake okay. is Steve's buddy. Um, okay, got it. Think, Thank you. <laughs> that, that's all. You, know. <laughs> you can stop now. <laughs> Think um, like Gilmore Girls style. Yeah. Interactions like too fast. Lorelai, Lorelai Gilmore. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> just say, just speak very, like, plainly. You're just buds. You're hanging out. Not a lot of enthusiasm from either of you. You're just talking. You know what I mean? Okay. Just shooting shit. Anyways, uh, this is Speakeasy Adventure number three. Hey there, fella. I'm looking to go on a little adventure, you free. Sure, homeboy. What did you have in mind? I was thinking we could go out uh, searching for speakeasies. You want to look for them? Yeah. If you want to go to a speakeasy, we could just look some up. Not as fun. It's always better to happen across a speakeasy. So you just, you just want to look for one? Yeah. Across the entire city? Ah, it'll be fun. All right, man. I'm following you, I guess. Should I meet at your apartment? For sure, dude. Meet me in an hour. Steve, it's 1 p.m. Gotta get an early start. Never know where they're gonna be. Christ. All right, see you in an hour. An hour passes. Steve, I just pulled out. <laughs> <laughs> just pulled out. I'm gonna put my pants on. Yep. I'm gonna get in my car. And we had sex. Should I come up to your house when I get there? Uh, no time. I'll be right down. All right, see you soon, man. Do you want to do that exchange as it's written? Can we just be gay lovers, Blake? <laughs> scene change you are now gay lovers yes but just uh you know like tone it down a little bit because um because you're a woman and that doesn't make sense steve is a girl i can be a woman and we're lesbians women all right all right Facts. uh throwing an audible in here jake was <laughs> steve this is, a, this is a writer's room first steve is a girl <laughs> And I've just been made aware that Jake is now also <laughs> a girl. <laughs> All right, Damn, so <laughs> so we got uh, Steve. I just pulled up. Should I come up? No time. I'll be right down. All right, see you soon. Okay, so we're caught up. Okay. They're both girls. Okay. And this was all dialogue that I wrote, this by the way. This is all in there. Incredible stuff, really. Is really all right. And back to the back to the sketch. <laughs> Less than 20 seconds pass, and Steve skips down the steps towards Jake's car. Jake <laughs> unlocks the door, and Steve squeezes his plump body. Her, thank you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I forgot. Women. Jake. <laughs> God damn it. Jake unlocks the door, and Steve squeezes her plump body. <laughs> that sounds so much worse. No, this I is all, it. by the way, this is all dialogue still. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, what incredible foresight for me, first of all. Jake yeah. unlocks the door and Steve squeezes <laughs> Say it. her plump body into the front passenger seat. The two adult-sized blueberries head downtown. 
And I'm talking to my therapist, and she says to me, maybe it ain't so bad that I've experienced so many bad things. She asked me if I believed in the afterlife. Well, Jake, do you believe in the afterlife? Nah, not really. Well, not in the traditional sense. Right. Uh, me neither. That, that's what I told her, by the way. I, I like to believe that a temporary life can be a beautiful thing, you know? Like, maybe I only want to live once. That's not cliche anymore, is it? <laughs> nah, you're good. Just don't say YOLO. <laughs> right on. I just think it's so poetic, you know? Being able to live once and only once. All your fuck-ups and high moments and everything in between. That's your journey. I, I like to think about my death. Like, that's the end. It'd be cool to, to time it so that it, you know, got a good conclusion in my story. Uh, uh, b- by the way, sorry if this is a little heavy. <laughs> nah, you're good, sis. Great. <laughs> and I was telling her how crazy it is that you can be stuck living a corporate structured lifestyle, grinding away at a nine to five that you hate, stuck in the routine, hoping only for a family or some sort of legacy. And then boom, out of nowhere, you get shot dead mm. or you get hit by a car and that's it. You lived a life you weren't happy with. And before you ramp up, you're just dead. I never want that to happen to me. Like, well, what's the point, you know? <laughs> For sure, queen. I don't know. As long as I can pay the bills, I would rather go on little adventures. Have fun, you know? For sure. Go right here. Thanks. If I feel like I'm constantly surrounded by people I love and feel like I'm content and fulfilled, it's almost like the end doesn't even have to be some great conclusion. If the entire journey was just a fun ride, it feels like a memorable ending. Uh, it feels like a memorable ending isn't even necessary, you know? Well, why can't you have both, you know? <laughs> Amen, sis. Right up here? Yeah. If we're going to find a speakeasy, it'll be here. Jake and Steve park the car on the street in a shopping center. They are nowhere near a certified bar, and that is exactly where you can find most speakeasies. The two adult, human-sized blueberries squeeze their plump... Squeeze their plump, adult, human-sized blueberry bodies out of the car. They begin to walk towards the first suite in the shopping center. Hey, you mind if I jump off of what you were just talking about? Not at all. It's on topic. It was actually... I was talking to my buddy Ryan. You know Ryan, right? Yeah, the adult, human-sized raspberry fella. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, I'm talking to Ryan the other night. He was saying he liked to think about life like a transformation. It was really cool. He said that his goal was to take his experiences in life and be distilled down to something else entirely. He said like like how when you have a piece of coal. The two walk into the first suite and start checking behind the fixtures and furniture for hidden doors. And you expose it to like heat and pressure. The two count to three and begin to hoist a large bookshelf, bookshelf up and away from the back wall. I mean, it's not like it enjoys it. It probably hates the situation that it's in. And yet, at some point, it goes through a transformation. It's like it's tempered into the strongest substance on the planet. It made it to the other side and became an entirely new entity. Where am I going with this? Uh, put Put it back. There's not a door. Oh, shame. Anyways, he was saying that he wants that sort of transformation, just maybe to be distilled into a simple reduction or a syrup even, a potent concentration of Ryan. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Hey, what's up, brother? What are you doing to my shop? Oh, us? Well, who else? 
Good point. Uh, we were just looking for nearby speakeasies. You're just searching for them? Yeah, just out on a little adventure. Want to come along? Well, yeah, kind of. <sighs> but I can't leave. I got to work. You know, who's going to run the shop? It didn't seem that busy. What? Sorry. Hi, I'm Jake. I was just noticing that it wasn't that busy. <laughs> Seems like you could probably tag along and not miss much here. Maybe. It has been slow in the furniture business lately. Yeah, that's the spirit. Come look for speakeasies with us. Uh, what was your name, friend? I'm Clyde something. Well, Clyde, uh, uh, can I call you Clyde? Mm, yeah, sure, that'll be fine. Clyde, I'm Steve. The three leave the shop as Clyde locks up the two start walking to the next suite of the shopping mall. I know a nearby speakeasy, you know. Oh? Yeah, you would never know there's a bar hidden in it. That's the best kind. Is it close? Everything's close when you have a car. Good point. Uh, you can have shotgun if you don't mind giving directions. Nah, not at all. The three attempt to squeeze their plump adult human-sized blueberry bodies <laughs> into Jake's small Ford Pinto. <laughs> Call back. It isn't working. Not in the slightest... Being the stand-up guy that she, wait, be, yeah, you got it, you got it. Being the stand-up gal that she is, Steve offers to take the roof. They quickly strap it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Audible. They quit. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all written in. Uh, <laughs> they quickly strap her on the roof. That is, and head out to the speakeasy. Steve and I were just confronting our mortality but got here before you got here. You ever think about dying? Yeah, pretty often. You know, sometimes I long for it. And as we were saying, you literally never know when it will happen. Hell, it could be on the way there. <laughs> Yikes. Um, y'all always talk about this heavy shit? LMAO, yeah, we're next. Uh, it's a mile up, the, the big German-looking castle. Do you ever think about dying, Clyde? See? The, tr- the three pull up to the German-style castle, and Jake and Clyde unstrap Steve from the top of the vehicle. The wa- They walk up and enter <laughs> through the front door. I'm pretty sure the entrance to the speakeasy is under the receptionist. Under her? Yeah, like she's standing on the mat that's covering the trap door. Hmm, well, how do we get her off sneakily? Oh, you can just lift her. Oh, uh, yeah, all right, I'm going to lift her. Steve lifts her. <laughs> <laughs> Big reveal. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a trap door? Well, I'll be damned. It's right under the rug. The three go down into the speakeasy. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I wrote here, giggle a little bit. <laughs> What incredible foresight. The three go down into the speakeasy, German style. (laughs) Why do I read this? I can't read this. Uh, They bring the receptionist because she seems cool. (laughs) There are two dudes on the dance floor and a (laughs) singer-songwriter singing German style. Barkeep. We're parched. Can we get some German-style lagers? Hold on, fellas. Music Mike, shut the fuck up. Sorry, guys. What will you be having? A round of lagers. 
Hot or not? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Cake or snake? <laughs> uh, sorry, what? Hmm? Uh, snake? All right, three against two. That's a full house. The barkeep throws live venomous snakes mm-hmm. at the plump adult human-sized... What? <laughs> <laughs> Blueberries. They quickly realize their mistake. <laughs> oh, fuck. Man, uh, I can't believe I wrote that in there. They quickly realize their mistake as they are bitten several times apiece. It is very unfortunate that the receptionist had not confronted her mortality earlier, but maybe she survived. Wow. <sighs> so, Fuck. I could tell that you had to wrap this one up early. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I... Go ahead. I'm going to say exactly what you're going to say. So no, I'm sure I you're going to so Why don't you just say, say it at the same time? Say it at the same time. Yes. Three, two... One at the, at the beginning, beginning of the, of the sketch, sketch, I was, I was going, going to, to do an Italian guy, guy, but then, but I, then found I found it was a Sherman man. So very so quickly, very quickly I, had I had to remember what German people sound like. And I nailed it. Hey, I got that. That was really good. You actually did do pretty well. Wow, yeah. Yeah. So you don't say anything now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my favorite part, like, like my favorite part was that this story is just about a really cute, uh, lesbian couple who's very comfortable with their mortality going on a little adventure. And they're also and they're adults. Just like I wrote it. And yeah. they are also blueberries. Yeah. They're um, literally blueberries. I and think. my least favorite part was that Logan did, um, a very stereotypical lady's voice. Well, I wrote it like? as a man. Yeah. So, yeah. but <laughs> but I changed it mid sketch. Um, right, and that was in the stage directions. That was in the stage directions. And in the stage directions that he didn't read out loud. It said, "Logan, really ham it up." That's right. Right there. And I put that in parentheses so I wasn't sure if I was supposed to read it or not. But I'm glad you picked up on it. Picked up on it. And we went right along with it. So are they do they look like blueberries? Do they look like they're 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 like like absolutely blueberry. No, I mean they're just straight up blueberries. Okay. And I like how they're talking about the mortality doing really weird things where you wouldn't it's just juxtapose. Mm -hmm. Um I wonder if there's even more weird things you can put oh, in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like to see... Here's what I... Can I tell you what I'd like to see? Sure. I'd like to see this sketch three hours long mm-hmm. where they are... Because here, the, the, the fun bit... Yeah. The fun bit of this sketch is the... You're, you're not just going to look it up? You know what I mean? And she's like, no, we're just going to go search for yeah, one. Yeah, they could go it's to like, a lot of yeah, locations. It would, yeah, it would literally be like if you moved to a city and it was like, I think I'm just going to go search for a Taco Bell. And it's like, you're not just going to look on your phone. It's like, no, see if I can find one. Yeah. You could. You. What if you go the wrong way? Yeah. Like it could take all day. And so I'd like to see it just takes her like, you know, a year to the day. Right. Honestly, this is a feature. Yeah, this is I the hope Terrence so, Malick. Because I was sketches. thinking about this earlier. This is just the like Terrence Malick of comedy movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the entire point of speakeasies is you're not supposed to be able to find them. Yeah, right. You're not supposed yeah. to know where they are. Supposed to and to with find. Taco Bell's, pretty easy to find. But speakeasies, yeah. not so much. Unless I just, it isn't in I feel like they could Bell. meet so many cool characters along the way. And like some, yeah. like, they have like, like a. 
I feel like they could get like more people to join them and they're almost doing like a little like a bar crawl type yeah of thing. and you you get one of those like john farnham you're the voice mm-hmm. type like where they're all walking together down the street and it's like all the people yeah. that they've met along the way and they make up a whole and then salad. they start rioting yeah yeah yes sorry i no, yeah yeah i love all of this yeah i think this is great mm-hmm. i very clearly ran out of time well here's what here's the deal i actually really I, like I years from now my was super funny. talking about mortality yeah. which was okay here's the deal here's the years deal. from now <laughs> People are going to be talking about, you know, three scripts. Six mafia. Yeah. Dude, that's my favorite. Three. Rock band. I'm Six sorry. Mafia. I'm sorry. It's my that favorite was rock band. That yeah, Joe, that was, that I was interrupted really you. Right. It was stupid that I did that. Yeah. And it was selfish of me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's becoming too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're going to be talking about... Um, Clockwork Orange. Mm-hmm. They're going to be talking about Boondock Saints. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be talking about Speakeasy Adventure number three. And that's what they're going to be talking about. Stop. I'm blushing. For the listener, I'm blushing. I love not, I love this sketch. Not like, Speakeasy Adventure number two. Definitely not number one. Number number who three. knew that the third one would be the best one? Yeah. I did. The I mean, Pirates I did. The of the Caribbean, that's the only one. That's why I didn't bother writing one or two. What? <laughs> Checkmate. Sorry, Megan, what were you going to say? Oh, I just really like this sketch. Yeah, it was dope. Okay. <clears throat> Let's move on to Jimmy's sketch. Great. Okay. All, All right. right. This up. sketch is called Pitman. Pitman. I'm Pitman. Ooh, Pitman. Ooh. So, um, um, I think I would like <clears throat> to have Blake, will you play Caleb? Austin, I want you to play Owen. Okay. All right. And I actually want Megan to play Bernie. Caleb and Bernie have the bulk of the lines. I am once again asking for your financial I am, I am once again. <laughs> 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 you can, you can, if you want to do a Bernie Sanders, you can. Yeah. I think um, if you want that, Caleb? you should have Blake do it. Where's Caleb from? No, you do it. <laughs> I'm not good at it. <laughs> it's better. <laughs> Since we're doing audibles, this Blake is, is going to play Bernie. Oh, I'm playing Bernie now. Okay, you play Caleb. Okay, okay. And then uh, Logan, uh, you're you're going to play Pitman. All right. Uh, it's the part I was born. Uh, in. And I'm still Owen. And you're Owen. Cool. Okay. Is it also owner? Because I saw. It yeah, it's uh, it's the same thing. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, this is Pitman. Cool cat Caleb sits in the alley behind the bar, smoking a cigarette. Bernie, the bartender, comes storming out of the back. Caleb, you gotta pay this tab, man. For real. Not one more drink until this thing is paid. You're up 300 bucks, man. Come on, Bernie. You know I'm good for it. Come have a smoke with me. I know you need a break. No way, bud. You come in right now. Pay up. I look out for you, but that's your last whiskey. Bernie, we got back, man. Just come have a smoke with me. I'll come inside and pay it. You swear? Yes, I swear. Are you even kidding me with this? Come have a break with me. After all the times I talked to girls for you, you wouldn't even know, Marg, without me. I know, Caleb. I'm sorry. Look, Owen is getting serious about these tabs, man. I get all the shit for it. Okay, okay. Tell me something, Bernie. Yeah, what's that? 
How long you been working for Owen? Three years now, I suppose. Three years, is that right? Long time. I mean, I I spent a week or two downtown, but yeah, three. That's good. That's good. Why? Wait a minute. Caleb, please don't tell me you're planning something. I'm just asking questions. Yeah, and it's the problem. Your questions always lead to some devastating answer. What are you cooking up? I know you. I've been thinking about a hit. Owen trust you, no? He trusts me to collect your tab. Okay, okay, I get it. I'm just saying he trusts you. I got a hit. It could be big. But I need a little cash. It's enough to pay both our tabs for a hundred years and then some. I drink for free, you doofus. Yeah, but Marg and her friends don't. I know Owen knows about slipping them free drinks. How long that gonna last? And she gonna need a lot more drinks. I know you guys are getting serious. Hold on, Caleb. What are you asking me? There's a race tomorrow in Nevada. I know one of the pitmen. If we can get him ten grand, he's gonna leave some doors unlocked for us with some very special equipment inside. Worth millions. Get out of your mind. I'm finishing this cigarette and going inside. Just listen. All he wants is ten grand. He's got a grudge against his driver. He's always spitting on him and pissing on him. He just wants a small cut at the end. But the ten grand is just a slice for him so he knows we're serious. Me, you, and the pit man. Talking one night of work, you and Margaret set for life. I don't have $10,000, you moron. Oh, if I'm such a moron, how do I know the bag man doesn't collect the bar's weekend poll until Tuesday afternoon? And because it's Saturday, by last night's poll alone, there will easily be 10 grand sitting in that safe inside. Listen, we're going to put it right back before the bagman gets there. I've got a buyer ready to buy everything Monday, but we have to leave right now. See that guy across the alley? Caleb points to a mysterious figure sitting on the hood of a Lincoln. Fog rolls past, but Bernie thinks he sees the figure nodding his hat. You really thought this out, huh? How am I supposed to leave the bar? As a matter of fact, I need you to get back in there. Come pay tab, man. I called Lenny. He's already in the bar covering for you. Told him you had an emergency. Lenny's in the bar. He's in the bar. Get the cash, and we are on our way, no stops, to get this gear, baby. Bernie takes one last drag, and the cigarette burns into the filter. Fuck it, let's go. I'll get the bag. After a few minutes, Bernie exits the bar with the money in a used Chinese food bag. Caleb kisses him, gives him a hug. Bernie, you aren't gonna regret this. I better not. Now let's get the hell out of here. They make their way down the alley to the figure behind the fog. Hi, fellas. Whoa, what, what the fuck is this? The pit man's appearance becomes clear. <laughs> he is half octopus, half man. This is the pit man. Come on, we gotta go. What's the deal? I've never seen something like this. Oh, yeah, I should explain. My mama was an octopus, and my daddy was from Oregon, which makes me an efficient, extremely efficient race car pit man. Wait. <laughs> Oregon is a racing state? No, Bernie. The octopus part makes him a good pit man, not the Oregon thing. Well, 
My daddy was just born in Oregon, but he moved to Daytona when he was a teenager. That's where he got into the <laughs> racing game. All right, let's talk about this in the car. We gotta go. So his dad does play a little bit, a bit of a part of his upbringing in the racing industry. I think, I think that's fair to say, right? You're, you're actually not wrong. It was my daddy that introduced me to the sport and sheltered me into the world of racing. So I would say that my dad has more of a part in my racing bio than my mama. In fact, I don't even use all the octopus arms to be a pit man. So, oh, so wait, you, you can't use all your arms at once? Guys, let's go. We got a long drive. This thing is timed perfectly. There is no time to waste. We've been planning this for half a year. I actually appreciate that you asked that, Bernie, since I have a human brain. I can only move four arms at one time, and the other arms are just kind of hang on the side of my body, wet and slippery. So, other than just having basically extra placid arms, I'm just like you. Two legs, two arms. So, you're just a regular two-arm pit man? Do you need to be in, a, in the water at some point to survive? I, I have so many questions. I'm sorry. I do. I, I do. I do like to have a nice bath in the morning and evening or else I, I just get moody. <laughs> I just get moody. I think that it has more to do with self-care than the biology of my body. <laughs> uh, hey, I could totally understand that, my man. Listen, are we done here? I don't think I can move a single muscle until I understand how you go grocery shopping. Does no one stop you? I mean, <laughs> how, do you, how do you get it in? <laughs> what's, up with all the, what's up with all the Freudian slips? This Oops. Whoopsie. I mean, how do you get in and out if you're in a hurry? Jesus, really? That's the question. I love the questions, all right? Just keep them coming. I actually do curbside pickup. It's only a few extra bucks, but it's totally worth it. Wow. I actually really need to try that. You know, I'm really glad we met. Okay, we're all best friends. Can we go make some fucking money now? There's a loud crash in the back of the alley behind them. It's Owen. He meets eyes with Caleb. Caleb! Where's my money? Owen pulls out a gun and keeps it raised as he beelines towards Caleb. Okay, give me the keys. I'm leaving. Okay, bossy. Let me just check my pockets. Pitt starts to go through... Pitt starts to go through the pockets, but is coming short as Owen is nearing the vehicle. He gets close to the vehicle, and Pitt, get, getting nervous as he starts realizing Owen's intentions and the danger they are, he springs into action, using the six arms he doesn't need to stand, and in one motion, he... Finds the keys, starts the car, grabs a cigarette, moves Bernie out of the way, grabs the money, puts it in the back, grabs the falling bag out of Bernie's hands, and reaches for the gun to take it out, out of Owen's hands. But as he reached for the gun, there was a shot. Oh. Pitt, you did it! You used all your arms and you saved my life! Holy crap, you're right, I can't believe it. I... Um... You know what this means? I can be the best pit man in the world. I believe in you. You're my best friend. I should have just paid my tab. Wow. Mm. Wow. This was like really thought out, man. Like I was like, it wasn't. Really, I was like, <laughs> I was like, these two are really going on a heist. Like he's got like a whole thing going. And then yeah. you were like, nope, octopus man. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> 
that and octopus man i was like oh yeah this has to be funny and i was like let me just like literally i was just like gonna write this heist movie and then i was like oh yeah this is a comedy thing yeah and then uh I feel like just throwing in just a ridiculous character into the yeah. mix, like would, but well, also well, a character know. that makes sense, like an octopus that would be a pit, like that would be something that would, he would be genuinely yeah, and, good and I, at. Yeah. You know? I also really love joke. when, when there's only one character with conviction, mm-hmm. like no one else cares about this fucking heist. Yeah. You know it's what I mean? Caleb, yeah. yeah it's, there's just one Howie Ratner in the scene, right? And everybody else is doing their own thing. And you know what I think actually was my favorite, what I thought was the funniest part was the song just kept restarting. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. there would be sometimes where it would be like a line and then the song and then one line and then the song. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would, that was actually kind of killing me, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jimmy, I liked, I really liked the pacing because I think your dialogue was really tight for the, before Pitman comes in, mm-hmm. it really sunk me in. Mm-hmm. So that way when the joke starts, it's like, hold on, we're going to stop this whole like three pages yeah, we had yeah. for this joke. It actually pays off really well. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, it, I mean, honestly, this was dope. like as a script, it was solid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially like, like having Logan read for Pitman. Mm-hmm. Um, just, because I feel like he tends to read things a lot sillier than the rest of us. Um, so like that's even, me. It's yeah, a compliment. You're you funny. Me or you make fun of me? No, you're funny. Oh, thanks. Um, so like even if Blame Blake and me. I were <laughs> even if Blake and I were reading not like I wasn't trying to be cool and he wasn't trying to be Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that it would have oh, been gosh. silly. Mm-hmm. Like when he comes in, you know? Yeah. Kind of like the idea of Bernie Sanders just used to be a bartender and yeah. like would get wrangled into these heists. Yeah. I also really like the idea of Bernie Sanders becoming best fucking friends with this <laughs> octopus, octopus man. man. Yeah, and that's yeah. and if and Bernie had won the primary, yeah, you know, vice you, president you know. Pitt you know, man, you know Pitt would be in the Sanders in the VP. Bernie Sanders Pittman, vice yeah. Pittman, Jimmy. I Sanders have Pittman. an idea yep. for your button. So like the last punchline of the sketch, it's still good with Caleb going, I should have paid my tab. But what if like after the shot rings out, Owen also has questions and is an admiration of Pitman. And the guy's, oh, that would be great. <laughs> it it doesn't have to be a lie. He just has like one question. Like, Wait, well, this guy's half octopus? How what, does he? You know, like, that was, that was yeah. a fantastic you show. Could like, actually even, you, you could actually even have um, Owen comes out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, where's my fucking money, right? And then, like, he's like, oh, my God, is that an octopus man? And, like, and then Bernie's like, yeah, it is an octopus man, right? <laughs> and, then, and then I'm doing my thing. And then uh, Caleb. Caleb is like, you're fucking off of this. I'm trying to do my fucking job, yeah. you know what I mean? And he, and he pulls the gun. He's like, I'm taking my boy, and I'm leaving, right? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you have, like, and the fire fight. And then does the, all the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So like, you could even have that bit. Before, like it's it makes it makes sense even at a different point. All right, Megan. And I'm <sighs> okay. This sketch is called Finna Party. Finna Party. Um, Blake, you're gonna play Sandra. Is that a woman? She, they are all women. It's a man now. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> How's it feel? We're all no gay lovers. rules this week. No <laughs> rule this week. No you, rules. We're reading the Sandra, words backwards. Sandra yeah. and Cam can be a couple if you would prefer it, but they are women. I'm playing the character Ardnas. Mm. <laughs> uh, Austin, you're going to play Cam. Okay. You're also 20-something Look, it's female. just... Anya <laughs> will be played by Logan. She is a 30-something-year-old German hairdresser. 
Okay. And Jimmy, you will play Sophie, and she is also a 30-something German hairdresser. Okay. Oh, I can do German again. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh. And my... And my uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay, great. This sketch is called Finna Party. We see Sandra and Cam park their car in the lot. I don't think this is the place. Check your GPS again. No, it says we are here. It looks cool. Let's just go check it out. Sandra and Cam get out of the car and walk up to a large, very German-style Hogwarts-looking castle. Above one of the doors, there's a swinging wooden sign that reads Barb's. The girls walk in. Hello, y'all finna party? Um, no, we were just looking for the barber shop. Oh, you finna party then? You must be Sandra and Cam for the two o'clock appointment, yeah? Uh, yeah, that's us. Good. Follow me. Your chairs are waiting. They follow Anya down a hallway and into a separate room where there are two hairdresser chairs. They give each other a look as if to say, it's weird that this is in its own room down a hallway, but it looks professional enough. So they sit. Sophie! Sophie, the second hairdresser, comes in. I should mention that neither hairdressers are wearing anything particularly historically German, nor is the decor cultural. Just regular hippie hairdresser shit. They both have unnatural hair colors, multiple tattoos, and piercings. Here I am! So, what were you thinking? Something like this? Both hairdressers start fluffing and playing with Cam and Sandra's hair in that way that hairstylists do that's just too exaggerated. Fluffing it up, changing the part, putting it in fake hairstyles, etc. Um, I was just thinking like a trim, like really not much, just the dead ends. We really came to you for, uh, for cam. Yeah. I love y'all's page on Instagram. Love, 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 love your stuff. I was hoping to have something like this. Cam pulls up a picture from the shop's Instagram account. Oh yeah. I can totally do that. In unison, Sophie and Anya rip their pants off. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Yo, what is this? What are you doing? We go snip, snip, snip. We do our work pantsless. Not pants. What? What? No, why? Are you not finna party? We just want our hair cut. Well, we only cut hair with people who finna party. Party. <laughs> Cam and Sandra look at each other concerned. Look at the hairdressers and back to each other. They give each other a small shrug as if to say, well, we really won't be looking at them anyway and sit back in their chairs. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. We finna party. German EDM icon ATB starts blaring. Anya gets out a pair of shears and starts recklessly cutting Sandra's hair. Sophie literally dumps bleach on Cam's head. (laughs) Both girls try to oppose. But the music is so loud, the hairdressers can't hear them. The following lines are yelled, but are muffled under the music. So I ate my roommate's potato soup, and then I lied about it. Party! I pissed in my roommate's potato soup, cause she nicked my car with her car door. I masturbate solemnly to images of Xi Jinping over audio from Disney's Fox and the Hound. Party! Sophie! You know, remember when we killed those two guys? Yes, I do. And we borrowed the Gatorade from the bar to get our electrolytes up from buying their bodies. Snip, snip, party. The whole time, the girls have been trying to hear what they are saying and giving each other weird glances. But the hairdressers keep moving their heads back to face the front. Sir, what was that? I had sex with a Boy Scout. What? <laughs> she said she had sex with a Boy Scout. <laughs> what are you? What are you? What are you saying? The, mu- the music is too loud. I tied up my friend's hedgehog and I still go visit where it hangs. 
I. What? I'm gonna turn the music off. I said I think it would look really good with bangs. Oh, uh, no thanks. Haha, <laughs> you got it, Barty. <laughs> she plays the music again. Last week, this guy cut me off in traffic, so I followed him to the neighborhood where he lives, and he keeps those dumb fucking signs in his front yard that say his kid's sport and team number. So that Friday, I drove to his son's basketball game and snuck into the locker room and put a tiny taser in his shorts. Then sat in the crowd and pressed the trigger button when he would go in for his shots and force them to lose the game. And his father was disappointed in him, and it ruined their relationship. Oh, oh sorry. And then I went back to their house and spray painted a dick on those signs. Oh, snip, snip, Bonnie. So- Sophie and Anya in unison. Oh, forgive us, us, Father, for we have sinned. <laughs> Sophie and Anya rip the smocks off Sandra and Cam, and the music stops abruptly. Their hair is perfect. Wow, I have literally never had someone take off exactly the ends. They always go too short. Oh my god, it looks just like the picture. That was so fast. It's like it was mad. Sandra and Cam turn around to look at their hairdressers and find that they are fully clothed again and standing by the door, gesturing them to leave. The girls grab their purses, walk back down the hallway, and leave barbs. They get a lot of likes on their Instagram posts of their new hair. Wow. Incredible. Oh, my great. God. That was a blast. That, that was, was a lot of fun. That was a fun game. <laughs> and the whole time I was just hearing the party ow, music. Ow, yeah. Ow, you want to hear what ow, it sounds like? Ow. Yeah, I want to hear it. Uh, for our listeners, Logan and Jimmy were like dancing in their chairs. <laughs> <laughs> it really bugs me. Like, yes. Yeah. yes. Okay, yeah. here's the song that. Uh, Jimmy, I really like the part hold where you said. Hold on, hold on. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> the yeah. song is called Till I Come. <laughs> oh, I'm very familiar. Yeah, I know this one, you know. <laughs> this one is a good one. My mom oh. wrote this. <laughs> yeah, I imagine like when as soon as they get into the castle, it's it's on but really quiet. Yeah. And then as soon as they start, it goes like bow, bow, bow. It starts very like low. Yeah, so we're like, I was at his house the other day. You know, like, yeah, like I was yeah. at his house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like uh I like the part that you wrote in there where uh you kept on it, you know the ad libs that you wrote for Jimmy, where he said like, "Party, snip, snip." Yeah, it <laughs> was really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a fun party. Incredible foresight, by the way. Just the, all of the ad libs that you wrote in yeah. there. Yeah, the audibles that I wrote in there. Yeah, no, I, when when I when you joined in on the dancing, yeah. I was like, "This sketch is gonna be awesome. it's gonna be, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's gonna be great." Well, there was this, yeah. this like I don't know if you remember this, but we we did a bit once where we uh-huh. were both German guys. I think I remember this. And so there was like talk of Blake, uh, or like you know. Or something about like him playing like a cowboy character or mm-hmm. something, and that we would be in the bar yes. as German characters in I this remember like exactly what you're talking you know about. in this yes. like bar situation. It was a script I was writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just felt like we channeled whatever that energy. Yeah. Is now I have for to finish whatever that, that is. Yeah. Now I have to finish that script. Megan, you had great pacing. There was a clear build, so each like bit got in there. Like the horrible things that they did got worse and worse. Yes. And it was like it felt just the right amount of time and as soon as I was like oh this built this kind of hit its peak you got out yeah perfect thank you great thank yeah. you and to think you thought it wasn't good I know this I was, this was very good the whole, literally the whole time I was writing this I was like I don't know where I'm going with this I don't know like 
why why are they confessing all this shit and like yeah. i guess the, i guess you're just funny catholic i don't know i guess you're just funny when we said forgive us father, father for we, we have, have sinned, sinned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well yeah jimmy J- jimmy and logan's german yeah. i think sold the character yeah oh yeah, 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 perfect. yeah, yeah, yeah. well thanks guys thanks for reading now you're going to that be, was a lot of fun you're both going fun. to be typecast as germans, germans now in every time. sketch i would be okay guys. with it i wouldn't be mad Oh, <laughs> right. Austin, let's read your sketch. Okay. I'm ready. I'm not so, actually, right, Logan, Austin. you're not in it. Okay. That's if okay. you're cool with that, yeah. Yeah, I'm totally okay with that. Uh, Blake, you're actually going to read the stage directions. Finally, it's, okay. it's I get to read fun. stage direction. Um, I am going to be, uh, if, when it says INT, period, that means interior. interior. Detective's it. office. Yeah. Easy, dude. So, I will be detective's <laughs> monologue. Jimmy, you're detective shoe gum. Shoe gum. Uh, you are Francine. You are the femme fatale. This is, a, this yeah. is like a noir. Yeah, I got okay, it. Okay, and I'm the monologue. You're the detective. It's mm-hmm. mostly me and Blake in the first half, and then it's you two in the second half. Got it. Okay. Lo- you should just let Logan do like trumpety jazz stuff. <laughs> I'll put it in post. Okay. Boom, cool. boom, All right. Boom, 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 boom. That's the that's the bass part to the yeah. To what anyways. All right. Whenever y'all are ready. What's the name of this? This one's called The Big Joke. All right. (laughs) (laughs) This one's called The Big Joke. And it's it's written by Austin Zesson. Interior detective's office. Night. It's the 40s and everything's black and white. Sultry jazz plays throughout this scene. That's right, baby. We're doing a noir thing. The camera sits in a PI's office, and there's a vague amount of cigarette smoke and shade from the blinds covering the room. We hear this in voiceover. It was one of those nights where the bees were singing, but all they could squawk about is the damn birds. In through the front door comes Detective Shoegum, 44, grizzled war vet with a drinking problem and a trench coat. He hangs up his hat and coat, revealing his receding hairline and darkened shadows under his eyes. He rolls up his sleeves and looks at at an old picture of an attractive woman sitting on his desk. The voiceover continues. Not that bird, though. No one ever talks about her. What a dame. What a shame, too. I don't think I'm ever going to find out what happened that night. Oh, Suze. Shugum stumbles into his chair and pulls the bottom drawer in his desk. He tosses around a couple empty bottles before he finds one with some scotch still in it. There's drinking and ruminating. I had pieces. Pieces to a puzzle not even Bobby Fisher and all the King's men could put back together again. There was the dress in her armoire secret compartment. But no matter how long I wore it, I couldn't feel pretty in it. Much less find any clues. Shugum gets up and looks out his window at the city below. Then there's the corner she always worked at night. Sure, I talked to the girls. Sure, I parked with a couple of her regulars. And sure, I even became Antoine's bottom bitch. But couldn't dig up a scrap of hard truth other than her favorite stall to do blumpkins in. Shugum pulls out a file filled with crime scene photos and moved, moves them around his desk. Well, what about the crime scene? Damn, maybe the cops are right. It was a homeless drifter looking for a sick thrill. I even tried recreating a crime scene. I choked, slapped, and strangled 12 different prostitutes all along the East Coast, and nothing looked anything like Sue's. 
I was careful, too. Made sure to change cars, outfits. Wore that dress a couple of times, too. But for nothing. Sure, she was thrown from a 12-story balcony, but I'm not as good of a detective as I once was. Something still stinks in this case. Stinks to high heaven. Maybe I just need some sleep. Get some fresh perspective in the morning. But maybe the trail goes cold in the morning. Maybe it's already cold. There's a knock at the door. And maybe it's just heating up. Who is it? It's me, Shugum. I've come for some news on your investigation. You could have called. Got me there, detective. But maybe I could have also used the company. Just a moment, doll. Shugum strips his shirt and reaches for a fresh set of clothes. Hot tata, old Francine comes knocking at my door once again. I refused her before when her sister was my girl, but with a bitch dead, looks like I'll be popping some corn tonight. Shugum, ready for some hot slice, opens the door. Although, why tonight? I was so close to this case, so why does she start opening hers? In comes Francine, 40, blonde, red lipstick, sultry, and a low neckline. She walks past Shugum and into his office. You sleeping here alone again, Joe? Easier commute. Hmm. Cute. Francine poses... <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> Francine poses with her ass on, the, ass on the desk and her tits glistening in the dim light. She sips on his scotch. She surely takes after her sister. Little fire starter has got something roasting down in my shorts tonight. Nice little love stew is brewing. Or could it be a trap soup? Look, I've been making progress on Sue's case. But I don't really have... Francine has her finger on Shugum's lips, quieting him. I read the daily reports you send me. Look at the pictures, too. The stool samples I could do without. But I gotta say, Detective, you are thorough. What can I say? Mussolini's a tough teacher. I still have one question in all this, detective. Francine lowers the straps off her shoulders. She holds the front of her dress in her heavy, sloppy titties with her bare hands. Women. Yep, you got it. You did this to yourself, bud. <laughs> I'm an actor. <clears throat> <laughs> Serious actor. Anything, Francine. I'll answer any question you got, doll. Holy guacamole, we gots to get in that bird's cannoli. Did you ever find out who made that armoire? Uh, no. No, I never did. But I could find out tomorrow. No, no, dear. That's all right. That's tomorrow. We have tonight. Francine drops the front of her dress and we see her tits and all their... <laughs> fucking... This is horny, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Francine drops the front of her dress, and we see her tits in all their magnificent glory. 
Except those aren't sweet jelly bags, are they? No. No, they're... You're damn right they are. Francine's boobs are actually twin AR-15s. She loads two clips into them. Looks like we got ourselves into a pickle. A pickle so big. Francine blasts shoe gum into the wall. Shoe gum is filled with lead, blood, and all the cum from the straight-up blue ball that just happened. You... You... That's right. I built the armoire. I gave it to my sister for Christmas, but Suze had to one-up me. She built me a double armoire, and I was the laughing stock of the building. It straight drove me stuck and raven mad, so I threw her off that balcony. I hired you to throw my scent off the cops, but looks like you had one trick left in you, shoe gum. You were so close. I'll give you that, but you were never fast. I was never quick in the draw, but I always had a card up my sleeve. What? Shoegum rips open his shirt and reveals a 1940s microphone and comically large recording device. Joke's on you, pussycat. <laughs> Get him, boys. Damn you, shoe. Fifty cops bust through the window, doors and walls, all with their dicks out, except they're actually guns. They blast Francine to smithereens. All in a day's work, they say. But what do they say when the day's over and there isn't any work? Yeah, I like that. That's a nice quote to end the movie with. The two rivals slash... Lovers collapse into one another as the credits roll. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was a. I love the. That was a journey. I love the genitals being guns. That's yeah. the best. Everyone's genitals are guns. Everyone's genitals are guns. <laughs> it should be like that in every sketch. In real life as well. Genitals yeah, are danger. Yeah. <laughs> Megan, do you think this sketch is horny now? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very. Yeah, very the oh, only sure. thing I'm horny for. He's justice. Thousand percent. Wow. Uh, my favorite thing about the sketch was the, like, everything is noir. Everything is, mm-hmm. like, typical. Mm-hmm. No- yeah, I saw her. I was down in the, like, all the voices and stuff. I love but it. But then the narrator is, like, radical pizza party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm losing yeah. my yeah. mind. Yeah. That's, That's, I her big sloppy tits. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Look, wow, okay, wow, I, wow, I, wow. Just, I was just reading <laughs> yeah. it how it was written, okay? It Whoa. said in the notes, I'm yeah. sorry. This, this isn't yeah. a micro-like thing yeah. because we pulled an audible in your sketch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Her tubular <laughs> titties fall out of her. Yeah. It's game over for y'all. Yeah. <laughs> this is every sketch now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, that was a great sketch. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and I, and thought, I really, I liked... Um, in the beginning, the detective's monologue lines were like, didn't, like, they sounded like film noir, but they didn't actually make sense what he was saying. Yeah, no, they, I they never that. do. I just had a fetish. Yeah, when he says, pieces to the puzzle, not even Bobby Fisher and all the King's men could put back together again. And mm-hmm. then he goes on to talk about, like, the dress and, like, all the clues he's found that don't, they don't, like, none of this makes any sense. No, yeah, that's, I love he's it. just a serial killer dresses up in women's clothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for yeah. sure. But he caught the killer. He did. He sure did. He stumbled into it like all other noirs. He kind of yeah. doesn't figure it out. He kind of just yeah. walks around for 90 minutes. Yep. Yeah. And then, like, oh, look at that. There's blood. And they're like, oh, thanks for giving me that. <laughs> There's blood clue. on my finger. Yeah. <laughs> I was busy choking and slapping every prostitute from here to Vermont. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. No. Well, I want to play. I want to play a Francine. I'm in, sure you in do. In like a sketch and have <laughs> big, big freaking. I'm sure t- we'll, we'll have you to do. surgically remove your breasts and implant AR-15. I would love. Do that. you don't, mind? Don't 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 do that. Do you mind? <laughs> She's been talking <laughs> to the Proud Boys. Talking to the Proud Boys again. So. Uh, yeah, I loved it. I think that, um, I think that I want to see more of this. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll just put it this way. It has two things that I love. Detectives and guns. Hell yeah. That's good to know. That's all a good sketch really needs. I think you just like watching procedurals on CBS then. I do. Okay. All right. Let's make sure. (laughs) All right. Wow! I, by the way, because of everything that we had j- literally just said, I know exactly what my sketch is going to be next week. I don't think you I think can't. That's you cheating. can't think about that. It's not that's cheating. cheating. I'm doing it. Yeah. I guess we'll never know if, you, if you don't me. tell us what it is. We'll never know. What is it? <laughs> you'll never know. I mean, you'll know next week when I write it. All if right. You write it. I think that's enough for today. I think I agree. I think we hit good the, fun, boys. This is a really fun episode. It was a great sketch. Seriously, yeah. great episode. That was a great episode. All right, we're gonna roll the credits now. Bye bye. The Danger Junior Writers Room is a Danger Junior production. Come sock. Produced by Austin Zessen, Logan Baggerly, Megan Castleberry, Jimmy D, and Blake Brown. Come sock. Engineering by Jim D and Blake Brown. Come sock. Edited by. Austin's Essen Comsock theme song by Blake Brown, Jimmy D, and Logan Baggerly Comsock. Make sure to follow this show and all Danger Junior Productions at DangerJRPR on Twitter and Instagram. That's Danger Junior Productions spelled DangerJRPR on Twitter and Instagram. Comsock. All right, she dead now. Bye bye.